lot of questions and I, and um, I think ev- again, everybody's different, but what do you eat? For example, maybe pre and post-workout, just if you don't mind sharing, cause I think that's a question with like timing and, you know, for folks that work out early in the morning and getting up and like, Oh, I, you know, have to separate my food and drink by 30 minutes. I just ha- had some discussion on my Instagram like a week ago about this very topic. I was just curious if you don't mind sharing, what do you typically kind of do around your workouts or during the day? Yeah. Um, so if I'm working out in the morning, I, try to wake up like two hours beforehand and mm-hmm. ideally move my bowels before I go to the gym. That is like sure. score. Yes. That's like, do it. Hallelujah. It's a Doesn't good start to happen, the day, but you know, um, so just kind of get going. I'll have my coffee and then mm-hmm. I'll have like, um, maybe 20 grams of carbs. Um, mm-hmm. I'll have an egg maybe with an egg yeah. white with it, like a mega egg. I'll make a mega egg. <laughs> and then, sure. um, some sort of low fat um, protein with it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll have like a like one or two turkey sausages, or if I mm-hmm. really want to amp up my protein, I'll make um, I'll take like a, a slice and a half of um, turkey breast, like mm-hmm. deli. You know, I get the low sodium yeah. one because I'm super sensitive, and I'll just make a big sure. omelet with that, and I'll yeah. have the, the like my t- toast and a big thing of that and that make sure I eat it maybe I don't finish it all I wrap it up put it away and um but that really sets me up for a good workout if I feel like I have a a really heavy leg day that day then I'll have like a a bigger carb meal beforehand Mm -hmm. because I really feel a difference when I have more carbs before I have to lift really heavy it's like it's like a superfood you, you, yep. you, you, you like tap into this like hidden, like mega strength, like out of yes, nowhere. You're like, yes. where is this coming from? I'm like, oh my gosh, I had oatmeal. Okay, great. Yeah. Now no, I that's awesome. I love that you're saying this. This is awesome because I, <laughs> I get so many folks that are scared of carbohydrates and I get it because obviously, especially in that first year when we're really focused on just like that protein. But for those of you that are exercising more, this is so, this is such helpful information. So thank you so much because I know I say it and then folks kind of look at me like, oh, she's a dietitian. She's just saying I got to eat carbs, you know, but right, it does right. help so much. Hi, welcome to the Active Bariatric Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Tirapelli, a bariatric sports dietitian, and I help post-bariatric clients achieve their fitness goals through better nutrition and addressing the problems that come from typical bariatric and sports nutrition advice that just don't work for an active bariatric lifestyle. Welcome to episode 10 of the Active Bariatric Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Tirapelli. Today, I'm so excited to chat with Denise Pagano, also known as the Crunchy Sleever on Instagram. Denise became part of the bariatric community after undergoing vertical sleeve gastrectomy in 2018. Determined to come to terms with her why, she embraced therapy and began the deep dive into the echoes of childhood trauma suffering from undiagnosed anxiety disorder, which would present with eating to cope and secret eating. Establishing cornerstone foundations of dealing with anxiety while losing 110 pounds, she fell in love with bodybuilding with the guidance of her personal trainer husband. She's a fitness and eating skills influencer, encouraging discipline, self-awareness, and establishing lifelong habits. Denise is also a certified wellness and health coach, mother to two daughters, and a 25-year beauty industry veteran. Thank you so much for being here today, Denise. I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I am thrilled to be here with you, Kim. Absolutely. Awesome. 
Awesome. Well, can we start today? Tell us a little bit more about your journey with bariatric surgery, maybe, you know, um, how it's impacted your life. What brought you to that decision? Yeah, sure. Well, it wasn't a a straightforward type of thing. Um, I had first pursued um, surgery or just even like thinking about what would be the options for me um, in 2014. So four years before I actually had it done. And that's when I still lived in New York. I'm from Brooklyn, if you haven't gathered yet from the accent. <laughs> um, so we uh, lived in New York. I was born and raised there. And I went to Langone, you know, top place in uh, New York City. And I kind of started the process. It was a little bit slow, a little bit here, you know, put your deposit and little things like that. And then I got to the point of a um, the psychiatric evaluation. And I was 100% honest. I was almost kind of like, um, I dare you to accept me kind of a thing. Like, if (laughs) you say I can have this, then this is a whole bogus thing. And you just line people up to have surgery, just to have surgery. And you have no care about their psychological well-being. And I was 100% honest with her. And um, she was really sweet. But at the end of everything, she said, well... I really don't think that you're ready for this and I'm going to have to deny you at this point. And um, mm. I was kind of happy and sad at the same time. So happy that they were honest and they had their, my well being in mind that, you know, I'm not just going to cut me open and good luck to you. Um, but right. it left me with like a clear uh, confirmation of sorts that I had things to take care of mentally and emotionally before I, I underwent a big surgery like that. Mm-hmm. So I allowed four years of really um, getting my crap together, so, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really, what really, really impacted me was looking at my finances. And I uh, read Dave Ramsey's book, Baby Steps. And looking at my finances and debt um, really helped me switch like that um, physical focus and more of the external things that were ruling my life. So food purchasing and secret eating and all that stuff is going to add up also with the bank account. And I just kind of like sat back and said, Oh my gosh, I'm spending so much money on just in like food. So that just the, the financial aspect of it made me really take a pause and like look at and be like, I have to do some real, correcting here of habits and how I'm coping with things. So that was kind of like the, the beginning of the path. Um, mm-hmm. Once I moved um, in 2016 or something like that, I moved to North Carolina where I had my surgery. Ultimately, I decided to undergo um, therapy and I sought out mm-hmm. specifically with uh, a therapist that dealt with eating disorders. I wouldn't say mm-hmm. I categorically had an eating disorder. I just used food is what I know I did. I did. I never sure. would say I binged or like um, ate a whole anything. I've never eaten a whole anything in my whole life, a whole pizza. I've never eaten a whole cake or any of that. I just yeah. ate a bunch of things like, like this. So, sure. um, so a year and a half of therapy, and I felt I was mentally ready and able. I knew that anxiety was the trigger for me and developed coping skills beforehand. So then I went to my first consult and it all started from there. So 
when even when I started to go for that first consult, I was very focused on the outcome, and I I took care of X, Y, and Z as far as mentally, and that was also growing, and I'm learning, and it kind of evolved along with me with surgery, but at least I knew my trigger. I think that was very key for me and getting sure. a handle of that. Um, yes. So that was like the beginning. I knew that this was a tool that was going to help me. Also my GYN, my gynecologist encouraged me to have uh, weight loss surgery. I have PCOS. Mm-hmm. I had oh, a lot yeah. of issues um, with my uh, uterus and, and polyps and like all of this stuff. Uh, so he said, you know, people have a lot of success with it. It really um, helps reset your hormone level and all of that stuff. Right. So I was like, okay, yeah. let's try it. We're doing it. Yeah. yeah. And did you feel like um, that work that you put in ahead of time, you know, both mentally as well as, you know, making changes to, you know, your nutrition and things like that. I mean, how have you feel like right now, you feel like that was a necessary step and that you're, you know, you're glad that you went through those extra, you know, several years of kind of going back to the basics and figuring out what's going on with your habits and how to address those things? Absolutely. It is, I would say, the cornerstone of the success that I have now, five, almost five years mm-hmm. out. If I wouldn't have addressed that, doesn't matter how micro I make my stomach, because if I don't understand the emotions that I'm going through every day that we have, yeah. how, how am I going to... I, I was just had such a fear that I was going to bust my stomach open. Like if mm-hmm. I, if I even dare like overeat, what's going to be like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get, have sepsis. And like, well, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hurt myself. So having sure. that legit fear of like hurting my stomach internally was really a deterrent. And like, listen, if you're going to do this, you better get yourself a good baseline. And yeah. And skills on how to handle those moments where usually you would handle with a food response. You know, not every feeling you have deserves a food response. And that's something that took a long time to, like, get into the habit of pausing when you have something. My my thing was anxiety. Uh, It was procrastination. Uh, Mm -hmm. Confusion. Um, not, not being sure, uh, indecisiveness, all of those emotions that come up through the day would immediately need a food response to cope with instead of dealing with what was, was at hand. So I literally would have to pause and then have to say to myself, okay, I'm feeling this feeling. What do, do can I fix it right now? Is there something I could do? Can I change it? Or, you know, my forecasting doom for the future, the things that haven't even happened yet. And usually the answer is no, I can't do anything about any of these things. So then if I can't change it, then that doesn't give me an excuse to treat my body as a garbage can. It doesn't give me an excuse to abuse my body because this thought has intruded. Mm -hmm. And it took a very long time to get in the habit of pausing, pausing, is a skill in itself. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I think that's so powerful and and such an important piece of advice to, you know, to give to folks. And I know that that worked for you and everyone will have different ways, you know, but it sounds like those you utilized and and learned from the therapy and things like that, the coping skills that you used, basically, instead of utilizing food to cope, you take a pause, you think about, you know, why are you feeling that way? And then Mm -hmm. you address it with something else, then, you know, getting something to eat, so to speak. Right. Or if it is something that I could address then I will make a plan to fix it or deal with it. You know, um, I'm very sensitive to my environment. I have to make sure I don't have a lot of clutter. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't like a lot of um, pictures around or it's like certain things, like certain decorative things are fine. Um, But like if I'm in a very busy like area, that can trigger me. So it's important Mm -hmm. to recognize what those are and not be like sad about it. It's just like recognize. I'm like, okay, well, that's just how I work. This is just how I am. But also with, with, um, with the pausing and coping, because I had, had dealt with the financial part of it too, Mm -hmm. in the beginning, I, it kind of like helped twofold. It's like, I, now I don't, I don't have like a shopping thing anymore. Like some right. people will have like transfer addiction. They'll start shopping or they'll, they'll start, totally. they have to find something. It really forced me to deal with it and not yep. shift to another thing Yep. to, oh, to, gosh, to numb it. Yeah. yeah. And let's talk about, so was one of the ways that you, especially after you've had the surgery, I know I, I follow you on Instagram and I, I love seeing all of the, the fitness posts and things like that, that you share with your exercise journey. Was that something that when you had your surgery, were you like, kind of have, have you changed in terms of the goals that you had when you had the surgery and, and what you saw, you know, in terms of what you wanted to get out of the surgery versus where you're at now, you're, you're working out a lot more. Has that kind of changed and grown over time since you had surgery? Did you envision that you'd be where you are now in terms of lifting and, and bodybuilding? No, I didn't. I, um, I'm very fortunate to be married to a personal trainer. He's been a certified personal trainer for 20 years. Um, he has never made me feel less than no matter how big or how small I have been. He's always encouraged me to, you know, have movement. Um, but you know, it's, 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 you're, you're married and it's like, I don't want to right. listen to you. And <laughs> I don't want you telling me what to do. And it's kind of like that. But I, when I had surgery and I knew the plan that, um, I wanted to adopt, I knew what I wanted to do. I had a vision of what I wanted to look like. And that vision, I had to say to myself, well, what does that person do to look right. this way? And is that something I can achieve? So in the beginning, it was really trying to prove to myself that I can, you know, Um, I I always told myself I couldn't for so many years. I was a professional quitter. I was the best Mm -hmm. at quitting. So I didn't want to employ that position anymore. And I just wanted to see what I can do. And I, um, he wrote out a plan according to which stage I was after surgery. We took it really slow Mm -hmm. and we did what my surgeon said I was able to do. So I would say I had surgery in August. I would say I started to really ramp up, um, lifting weights more in January. So that's like four months later. Um, I committed in the beginning to walking 10,000 steps for five days a week. 
not mm-hmm. every single day. And, and I kind of had to work my way up to that, but I thought that that was fair and um, yep. it's something that was doable. So yep. I made sure I walked every single, you know, all those five days and I would bundle up and go outside and do it. And, and I made the commitment and that really helped me um, set a standard of commitment keeping. Mm-hmm. Um, even if my, all oh, my family was home and, oh, you're going to leave us. And yes, I have to. Right. I'm sorry, but yep. you have to understand mommy has to do this right now. And my kids are yep. older. It's not like they're babies, but we're very close and we all like, we huddle together yeah. and, you know, I'm Hang like, out. Sure. I have to do this. I'll be back in an hour and, and then everything will, you know, we could do whatever it is yeah. that you got to do. Back to life. I, ha- yeah. I, I had to keep my promises to myself. So walking, just keeping that walking commitment was amazing. So in the beginning, we developed a plan and then. Uh, I just trusted it in the beginning. I was just like, all right, Mm -hmm. let's see what happens. And then once you see results, once I started to see my body change and shift, I never thought in a million years I would have muscular arms. Never, because they were were bigger and they were (laughs) not to the picture that they are today. The second I started to see some muscular development, I was like, oh, okay, this is working. So if I stick with this, you mean it might be possible. So um, in January of 19 is when I like ramped up my training. I started uh, five days a week. I had a five day split with Mm -hmm. the walking and it totally transformed my body while losing weight, you know, and and a huge deficit thanks to surgery. Right. Right. And now five years later, um, I don't do five days a week anymore. Um, it's not possible for me to do that with my schedule right now, but I do three to four days a week and I walk when I can, I try to sure. get in 10,000 steps, uh, you know, as often as I can, but, um, sure. I don't do as nearly as much cardio now than I did in the beginning. I used to do a lot of cardio. I ran a lot mm-hmm. along with mm-hmm. training and right. that changed my body and it totally uh, erased my butt. <laughs> oh, so, you're like, I want that. I yeah, want, I was like, yeah, um, some definition. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to me now. Yeah. Um, so did you, and so like right now, for example, versus when you started, you lift, you lift heavier, like so that you, you don't have to lift so many days you're lifting heavier when you're there. Like, would you say like you go for an hour, kind of give us some info on what do you do now? So now lifting? I usually lift about 90 minutes a session. Mm-hmm. Um, great. I am not in any hurry. I don't rush through. I don't do like weird stuff during rest. I rest during rest. Yep. Um, and I'm very careful. I'm like, I have like a phobia about my knees. I don't want to hurt my knees. I don't want to hurt. I just don't want to get hurt. Who does? But I'm right. like, I'm no. super cautious. Um, so every six weeks I get a new training plan, a new training split. I record my workouts. I send them to my trainer, my husband, and he will correct <laughs> me and he'll give me form, you know, let's, let's, let's work on this. Let's work on that. Um, sure. And night and day from the beginning to now for sure. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I lift heavy. So we've really, in the beginning, Good. we really focused on progressive overload. That's what we mm-hmm. really focused on. 
Um, yep. A lot of compound movements when in the beginning, when I was bigger and we wanted to stay safe so that I didn't hurt myself. Um, mm-hmm. My Bulgarian split squats in the beginning were literally me holding his hands yeah, and doing it with no weight, you know, to yeah. fast forward, I'm holding 220s doing Bulgarian squit, squit squat, split squats. And yeah. it's just the progression is, is unbelievable, you know? Totally. And what have you seen has been kind of the biggest benefits that you've seen from lifting since you had surgery? I'd have to say besides, you know, the physical part of it, my posture. Mm. My posture yeah. has improved dramatically. I used to have that hump behind mm-hmm. my back, my neck. It was really bad. Sure. Yeah. It's not there anymore. It's totally oh, gone. That's awesome. And to yeah. me, I mean that it, when the posture part of it is is not just having good posture, it it gives you that it's a confidence. Okay, when you walk yeah. into the room, you can hold your head up high. You don't feel like you're, you know, you're you're cow cowering down, and your 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 shoulders are rounded forward. It it says something. Right. You're you're making a statement yep. when you walk into a room, and um, it just goes along with my 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 whole attitude. Like even when I was in a larger body, I still had confidence. I still had good self esteem. It's just everything else is just right there with it as well. Like it's the whole. It all goes together. Yes. So definitely a posture. My balance is improved dramatically, absolutely mm-hmm. dramatically. My mobility yeah. is greater. Um, I'm very big on um, hip mobility and mm-hmm. um, strengthening your muscles that support and surround your hips because my parents have broken a lot of their lower extremities uh, yeah. as they got older. And, you know, I don't want to go down that road too. So my mobility has right. improved my endurance strength obviously you know bone health and um the development of muscle which mm-hmm. help i know some people get afraid like i don't want to be too bulky and i don't right. want to be i know but it's, it's like, like no. it, Do not, it. it it's gonna be okay you're not gonna get you're yeah. not gonna look like a man you're not gonna look like you're gonna be on the mr olympia stage or anything like that but right when you develop right. muscle you're filling in the loose skin. Like if you have, we all, we all have loose skin as much as you can. All right. We're still going to have, I still have, but it's better than right. if I didn't have that in there. Yeah. Um, th- so those true. were the, the major ones for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I, I know I, I do hear that too. And it's, it's just something that I think hopefully we're getting more and more out there, especially within our bariatric community that lifting weights, you know, when, when you're cleared to do so is such an important piece because like those things that you mentioned, all of those things, like you said, do prevent injuries and things like that down the road. We don't want to be slipping and falling or can't get out of a chair, or, you know, where you're, you're so tight. All these things are going to help to strengthen balance. Um, the, like you said, the posture and that improves the confidence. I love all those things that you mentioned. I think they're so true. Um, and, and, and the benefits are really, I mean, they're endless. I mean, you just, it just helps in so many different ways. Um, and I wanted to ask you, how did you adapt your nutrition to fuel these workouts? Like what have you done kind of over time to maybe change the nutrition to match more of what you're doing? Well, to be honest, it was very difficult 
very, very difficult because nobody in this space, you know, now, now you're in this space. And I think when I first saw you, I, I messaged you. I was like, oh my God, you did. You, I wish you were around years ago because there is no information for a bariatric athlete, you know, or you know, a bariatric right. lifter or bariatric runner right. or whatever active, um, yep. how to do that when you have goals in mind, but you, you know, you don't want to deplete yourself because you're already in a deficit and you mm -hmm. have these ideas of what you want to look like. But, you know, if you, if you look at a regular bodybuilder, their diet, there's no way, there's no way no, you can actually you can't do it. Can't intake any of that. So it was a lot of playing around with, with different things. I knew I had to keep my fat grams relatively low. Um, and for, for me, um, yeah. I, it's just, but in the bodybuilding world, if you look at their nutrition, it's usually lower fat and they utilize yeah. carbs for their fuel. So mm -hmm. protein focus, I tried to increase it as much as I, as I can. And mm -hmm. carb was, you know, increased for as much as I can, according to how far out I was at the time. So sure. I never pushed it. Even when I had numbers, I had my macros, I had all of this stuff. Rule number one, if I can't eat anymore, I'm not eating anymore. I'm That's not it. hitting any number. Mm -hmm. My hunger <laughs> Smart. was the, the, the rule. If yeah, I'm the driving not factor. hungry, I am not, I am not force feeding myself. Because when right. I would create a whole other issue. Issue. For 100%. For Gosh. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that because that is something that I tell to my clients when we're changing their calories and we're increasing is I'll say, listen, we may have this magical number that, you know, is the perfect calculation, whatever. If you can't eat it because you're full, the meal's over. That's it. And that's okay. You know, that is okay. This is an adjustable thing and we have to find out what works best for you. And you know what I always tell folks too is that, um, you know, your your gains are not going to be, you know, comparable to someone who hasn't had that restrictive part of the surgery because they can eat more. And so they're going to see gains sooner because they have more energy intake, whereas we don't. So it is something that you have to kind of be patient with and and make changes slowly over time. And I just appreciate what you're saying because you just have to kind of figure out what works for you. And when you're done, you're done. Stop the meal. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I, I'm always like, wrap it up, put it for later. I mean, because it's right. probably get hungry in two hours or so. I mean, I know I could eat every two to three hours. So sure, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, some people are no. like, oh, you should only have this many meals. I'm like, why? Well, if if, yeah. it, if it's the same, it's the same calories yeah. for the day. What does it matter where it's being used? Like, if my body's yeah. telling me I'm hungry, then I have to eat. And even if it's two bites, great, then I put it down. And yeah, that's the end of it. That's right. You know, so yeah. the, so that was a big deal. And then, um, uh, really shifting from the use of protein drinks to actually eating food really helped with. Ugh being more awesome. satiated and yep. chewing. Like I'd, I would tell my friends, you know, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm really hungry. Or they, they would say to me, like, I'm, I'm hungry all the time. I'm like, well, tell me what you're having. And it's like, oh, protein shake for this and a protein shake for that. I'm like, you know, if you actually chew your food, it, it, it helps and it sends different yeah. messages to your brain that yes. you're eating something eating. and it's a different chemical response and to your stomach. Like it's all like it, 
yeah, you, you could drink your protein and that's fine when you're in a pinch for sure. But yep. I prefer to eat it and um, it doesn't always happen, but I prefer. And that helped sure. a lot with making balanced meals. So when mm-hmm. I would sit down for a meal, I'd make sure I have a protein, a fat and a carb, not just yep. one only, you know, one, one, thing, one right. more or the other, just try to make it more balanced. And then I would, um, and then I started supplementing with creatine that came a little bit later, mm-hmm. but that really helped with muscle development sure. too. Yeah. Do you take about five grams a day? What's your dose? Um, I recently lowered it to three cause I okay. read recently that three is recommended for women. I don't know, but I try, yeah. I'm trying it. I'll try yeah, three to five grams, yeah. three to five grams. There is, you can't even do it by weight too. Um, but honestly, if you've been taking it for a long time, it, it's like, if you're do, if you're doing a daily dose of about three to five grams, that's what the research has shown to saturate the muscle tissue. Mm-hmm. And then as, if you just keep taking it as a maintenance dose, um, it keeps it, you know, that muscle then has that creatine as an energy source to create, you know, ATP, which allows our muscles to move. Yeah. Um, if you have that as an energy source there, you're going to be able to do more repetitions and mm-hmm. see more gains. And so, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you're taking that. It's a, it's a great supplement. Um, I just was talking about that last week. In fact, um, I did an episode on plant-based nutrition and how mm-hmm. specifically vegetarians and vegans like literally aren't getting any creatine in their diet from their intake. And the average intake is about one to two grams a day from food. If you're not eating any animal proteins, you're not getting it. So um, especially those of you that are out there with muscle gain goals, creatine monohydrate is a really good, very well researched. It is the number one most researched supplement out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just learning more and more about it. So mm-hmm. for bone health, brain health, um, all kinds of things. So good for you. Yeah. So you found that that was helpful as well. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just kind of making, I feel like I'm always a science project. I'm like in the lab, yeah. always just trying like different things and, and to be in that, um, state of mind, like to be in that mindset, right. to be forgivable, um, in, sure results. All right. So this didn't work. All right. So let's just shift. Let's do that. Where before you just throw the whole towel in and well, this doesn't work. So that's it. Right. Might as well stop or, you know, yeah, we don't work that way anymore. No, you're you pro- constantly problem solving. See how, what, what's the next thing? Okay, this didn't work. Toss it out. New thing. You know, and it sounds like it's helpful too, that you have your husband who's able to help adapt your, your workouts too. That sounds really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. He's, uh, I'm yeah. definitely spoiled. Definitely spoiled. <laughs> And I, and I drive well, him crazy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure he likes seeing all your progress, though. That's kind of cool. That's a cool thing to have in, in the relationship, too, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, when he would write my plans, I didn't really, I, I never questioned my plans, and I would just do what it said. Sure. And um, after the first year, and I had, I was very, very lean and had no booty, and my, my lower body was very lean. Um. I just follow. I was like, listen, and we got, we got to fix. He's like, you're, we have to fix. This. We have to fix this. He's yeah. like, first of all, stop running. That's number one. And, <laughs> number one. And we got to, you know, focus more on lifting heavy. I was like, okay, fine. And yeah. soon enough, I was like, oh, taking your before and afters, you know. And I'm like, oh, I got my my butts, you know, coming back. He's like, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. And <laughs> I'm like, why do I have glutes three times a week? He's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> just, just do it. I'm like, all right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Here we okay. are. Yeah. Oh, I love that. 
And so like, just cause I get a lot of questions and I, and um, I think ev- again, everybody's different, but what do you eat? For example, maybe pre and post workout, just if you don't mind sharing. Cause I think that's a question with like timing and, you know, for folks that work out early in the morning and getting up and like, Oh, I, you know, have to separate my food and drink by 30 minutes. I just h- had some discussion on my Instagram like a week ago about this very topic. I was just curious if you don't mind sharing, what do you typically kind of do around your workouts or during the day? Yeah. Um, so if I'm working out in the morning, I, try to wake up like two hours beforehand and mm-hmm. ideally move my bowels before I go to the gym. That is like sure. Score. Yes. That's like do it. Hallelujah. It's a Doesn't good start to happen, the day. But you know. Um so just kind of get going. I'll have my coffee and then mm-hmm. I'll have like um maybe twenty grams of carbs. Um mm-hmm. I'll have an egg, maybe with an egg yeah. white with it, like a mega egg, I'll make a mega egg. <laughs> and then sure. um some sort of low fat um, protein with it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll have like a like one or two turkey sausages, or if I mm-hmm. really want to amp up my protein, I'll make um, I'll take like a, a slice and a half of um, turkey breast, like mm-hmm. deli. You know, I get the low sodium yeah. one because I'm super sensitive, and I'll just make a big sure. omelet with that, and I'll yeah. have the, the like my t- toast and a big thing of that and that make sure I eat it maybe I don't finish it all I wrap it up put it away and um but that really sets me up for a good workout if I feel like I have a a really heavy leg day that day then I'll have like a a bigger carb meal beforehand Mm -hmm. because I really feel a difference when I have more carbs before I have to lift really heavy it's like it's like a superfood you you yep. you 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 like tap into this like hidden like mega strength like out of yes, nowhere you're like yes. where is this coming from I'm like oh my gosh I had oatmeal okay great yeah now no, I that's can awesome. I love that you're saying this this is awesome because I <laughs> I get so many folks that are scared of carbohydrates and I get it because obviously especially in that first year when we're really focused on just like that protein but for those of you that are exercising more this is so this is such helpful information so thank you so much because I know I say it and then folks kind of look at me like oh she's a dietitian she's just saying I got to eat carbs you know but right, it does right. help so much it really love does. that when people say think carbs they're missing the other part of the carbs that they usually used to eat. And it's usually with yes. car- high carb, high fat. Yes. If you're going to have high yeah, carb, simple high sugars. fat, you know, that there's other things going along with that little vehicle of carbohydrate. You, you're yes. taking high fat on the ride of that carbohydrate meal. When you take right. that high fat option Away. off, right? Are you going to eat just the plain baked potato? Is that going to set your heart on fire? No, it's just regular. It's just carbs. Are you going to eat just is right. sweet potatoes? Are you dreaming? Who's dreaming of sweet potatoes? <laughs> Nobody. I don't <laughs> Not think. Not very many. Not you very know? many. But right. sweet potato with like tons of butter in it and like you know sh- sh- sugar and all that. Oh, then everyone's happy with that. But we're not talking right. about like like a a pimped out carb. Like those are pimped right. carbs and right. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about slices of pizza. You know, no. we're, we're not talking about bagels with loads of cream cheese and like, you know, all this other stuff. This is right. It's, it's half of, of the story. So yeah. you, you can't no. ignore the other things that usually go on to carbs that people associate it with. And I think that's right. the misconnect. People get so scared. I'm like, it, one one piece of toast 
you know, with an egg on top exactly. is nothing. Yes. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I honestly, I, I don't, I've been seeing some kind of trend uh, with reels about like, they tell you not to do this, but they tell you you can't have a piece of bread or a banana or something. And it's like, it is, it's true because there's that misconception out there that the only way to be successful in weight loss in general, regardless if you've had surgery or not, is you have to go super low carb. And I just don't buy into that, especially if you're exercising, you need that carbohydrate. It is fueling your muscle so that you can repeat that motion and exert that force and be able to burn more calories. If you're so depleted and not eating any carbohydrates, you're going to have a crap workout. And when you go, you know, a month of it going, why am I not seeing any change or gains or loses any weight or anything like that? It's because you're not fueling properly to do that exercise. So yeah. thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate that. Oh yeah. No, it's my, that's, that's how my, I mean, my surgical team, thank God I had a great team and a great nutrition program that, sure. you know, when I, when I first went in, I was like, Oh, so I'll get the surgery and then I'm just going to do like uh, keto or I'm going to be intermittent fasting, you know, right. Sorry, I, yeah. keto, oh. I understand if it's whatever, don't listen. yes do you, you like it? <laughs> don't cool. at me. Yeah. Great. But yes. my team said, Oh no, 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 no. You are not doing right. that. You're going to learn how to eat right. from each food group and you're going to learn Absolutely. how to eat for the rest of your life. I was like, Oh, okay. I thought we were going yeah. to, you know, continue playing games, but okay, fine. Right. You know, <laughs> but the thing, and, and also with um, carbohydrates and including them and um, deciding to pursue weightlifting, there, it is really mm -hmm. like it comes in, in stages because you, you personally mm -hmm. have to feel comfortable eating those foods. Sometimes, I mean, I Absolutely. couldn't eat rice for a very long time. And sure. uh, I was like, oh, this is, this is not digesting well. Um, right. So I had to wait on certain things to include. Now I can eat everything. But in, in sure. the early, I ate what I was comfortable to, you know, eating what, yeah. as far as going down. And then there's foods where, like, eventually you can, you know, include later on. And if it's sure. going to trigger you, if, if there's a food there, that you used to use if there's a food there that you used to abuse you have to be careful and yeah don't listen to sally this one or that one. Oh, you got to use it or you can't that's for them and you have to stay what's true to you and if you're not ready to have it then don't it yeah. doesn't mean it's totally gone agree. forever it's just for right now it's not part of your plan and you yeah. have to be gentle with you and once you are ready and let go, whatever that food has its power over you, or yeah. sometimes people hold this certain value to a food that they use because it, it did something for them other than nourish. Sure. Right. You, you, can't, you can't push that. You have to wait mm -hmm. and be patient. But it, mm -hmm. it eventually will, happens. I don't know when because that will depend. Yeah, everybody's different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's such a good message. I agree with you. That kind of ties into my next question, which is what have, have you seen as some of your biggest mindset shifts that you, you know, you've experienced over the surgery, but really that you have seen help you the most to be successful? Um, hmm. So I think just in the beginning, it was really um, staying committed to the promises mm -hmm. that I made um, sure. and 
developing the discipline that I didn't have in my life at all. So Mm -hmm. discipline and commitment come up every single day, right? And there's some points in the beginning where you really have to push through so you can show that you can do it. And then at some point you have to say, well, um, I, you know, my foot hurts this. I didn't sleep really well. Um, I didn't eat great. Then there's other elements that come in where that's balance. That's the balance that so many people talk about balance, balance. Okay. So it's not all or nothing anymore. It's now, okay, I've proven to myself that I'm able to keep these commitments because I've, I've been able to do so for this last, you know, whatever year or three months or four months, but this situation has come up. So now you have to see where it needs fluidity, like, and, and, Mm -hmm. and then you can put in some reason. I have to always still check to make sure, is this an excuse? Am I just being lazy? Um, But when there's valid things coming up where you just can't do it, then you have to honor that. And the, the biggest mindset shift was, we'll do it tomorrow. It's fine. Mm-hmm. We'll just mm-hmm. pick up where we're at tomorrow. No, nothing's going to happen. It doesn't mean I failed. It doesn't mean, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going down the road again. Because that's how my right. mindset used to be. You know, you sure. miss one day and it's like, oh, then you start doubting and all these other things. And it's just not part of my agenda anymore. Mm-hmm. I love that. No, I appreciate that because I think every, I mean, everyone's going to have different, you know, how they feel from where they had the surgery versus things that they've, uh, you know, how they think about things, how they process things, how they, you know, just every, everything. And, and our lives change each day and there's different things that pop up and stressors and the holidays were in the holidays, you know, right now, which is crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just appreciate that because, you know, you're, let's see, you had surgery in 2018. So, you know, you're, four years post-op. And I just think that's really helpful advice for folks that are maybe starting out and, you know, just things that have helped you. And and that's kind of what I also wanted to ask you is what have been some of the lessons that you've learned, good or bad, that you feel like um, have really helped you along the way? Um, in the beginning, it, really in the beginning, when you're losing weight in that, in that honeymoon stage where it's literally Christmas every morning, um, I was the type of person that weighed myself every day. Um, sure. and I still weigh myself every day. I I'm, that's my, my, that's my thermometer. That's my barometer. Mm-hmm. And that's like my, my truth button, right? It doesn't, yeah. doesn't yeah. send me, it doesn't make me upset. It just, that's my internal temperature for the day. And it just says, Hey, this is data. This is what's yeah. going on. Um, I really learned how to understand my body by trending my data and mm-hmm. not making it emotional. Um, I knew that I was doing everything possible to lose the weight. And I had yeah. to understand how my body responds. That was the biggest key was, okay, if I eat something, <laughs> let's say if I have pickles, let's just yeah. say. I know I'll have a, a spike on the scale the next day because of the high sure. sodium content, right? Yep. Um, if I don't sleep very well or if I don't have a bowel movement, I will see it on the scale. And it's not, oh, why, why, why am I, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Or another lesson that I learned in the beginning wasn't eating enough. I wasn't mm-hmm. eating enough and the scale wasn't moving. 
I'm like, what am I yeah. doing wrong? What is happening? And then it made me pause and be like, you know what? I just, I burned 600 calories. I'm yeah. only eating 800. Did I even yeah. eat 800 calories yesterday? No. Right. My body's like, too bad, honey. We're not letting go <laughs> any of this because you're not right. us. So right. it, that gave me an education of, oh, okay. If I'm going to expend all of this energy, I have to replenish. I really have to yep. make sure I eat. So it, I, I learned so much. And I learned that mm -hmm. with all the losses that I experienced in the, in the past, you know, you would, let's say, go to your Weight Watchers meeting, right? And you get sure. on the scale and you lose your, ten, your two pounds or whatever for the week. And you're like, sweet, going to McDonald's right now. And I'm going to go have what I want. <laughs> celebrate. And, you know, I'm going to celebrate. I had to break that cycle of let's, you know, diet and then celebrate. Um, so this time around, when I had a loss, I would look at it. I would soak it in. Um, I would do a little, a little wiggle dance. Well, sure. a, friend of, a friend of mine on here, we would say, um, do a little wiggle and move on. Next, I love it. next, you know, we'll next celebrate thing. and that's it. Um, yep. so I really learned to just really hone in on that. And I learned that data is a good thing and it's not yep. always the scales, the enemy, no, the scale is just the truth teller. And, yep. and if it's not saying what you want, be curious as to why, why Absolutely. isn't it saying what you want it to say? You know, it's not just, well, that's it. Well, no, let's dig a little deeper. Right. No, I, I think that's the, that accountability factor that, um, and I always say that too, is because some folks, you know, I'll, I work with clients that, you know, they like food logs or they don't like food logs. And, and, and either way, it doesn't matter to me. I, I want the, the person to find that it's either helpful or if it's not helpful, okay, we figure something else out. But um, the logs, I, I say the exact same thing, which is it's just data. It's not good or bad. It's not happy, sad. It's just, hey, this is what I took in. This is, you know, what my trend is. And it gives us an idea as to what needs to be adjusted. Uh, you know, also how I feel, you know, oh, I felt really worn down. Well, we need to take a look and see what's going on because, you know, we shouldn't be feeling so exhausted all the time, you know, that you can't work out the next time, you know, so right. it's just data. And I, I think that's such a key piece is just utilizing it as a data point and, and giving yourself feedback, feedback oh, yeah. to know Absolutely. where I'm at on the journey. Absolutely. And, and another lesson, and, and I say this a lot on, on Instagram and sometimes people get like, what? But um, I had to um, hunger, the feeling hunger is mm -hmm. a feeling that really freaks people out. Sure. They, uh, I know I say they, I say for me too, I used to get angry when my body had the audacity to be hungry. I'm like, excuse sure. me. We were, we were like, <laughs> we're not eating today. I don't know. You, up, okay. You didn't get the message, but I'm not eating today <laughs> until I get really pissed off and yeah. then I'll eat like at three, you know? So like before right. I'd be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do before weight loss surgery. I'm not going to eat anything. I'm just like, wait until the until I absolutely get starving and it's around three o'clock I just go crazy I'm starving I'm gonna sure. eat and then I'd have the nerve to be like see look out of control I can't control myself I'm just gonna eat everything <laughs> I walk around my house with a spoon and just dip into everything um sure yeah you're starving and that's right. why you're hungry that is mm -hmm. a cycle that I did for probably most of my adult life and mm -hmm. it took 
to being on a surgery table and getting half my stomach taken out to understand the, the true lesson here. So um, I really had to deal with that emotion of being angry at my hunger. Mm-hmm. So instead of being angry, I decided, okay, I need to nourish my body. Yeah. And I oh, ate such breakfast. An mindset. Yeah, I had yeah. Eat, have to eat breakfast. I have to eat lunch and I have to eat dinner and there should be snacks somewhere in there if I choose to have them, you know, sure. and I, I, I just blocked out all of these food rules that have kind of convoluted all together into this one big Michigan <laughs> type of diet yes. that people are following. It's a little bit right. of intermittent fasting and keto and this and right. low carb and all of this. And you yeah. end up really angry and hungry by the end of the night yeah. is really totally. what happens, you know? So, um, I didn't want any of that. I didn't want any yeah. of that. I didn't want to have nothing to do with it. Um, I did not want to have any bad, good, bad food associations attached to food. I didn't want any, any, any of it. I wanted to just have a normal relationship with food. It's something that I yeah. never had before. Gosh. And it sounds like that has just, you, you, I mean, you're working on that every single day, of course, but it sounds like that's something that's really a great achievement that you've, you've had since you've had your surgery. And it sounds like you have a good relationship based on what you're saying. Oh, it, it's huge. And it's a part of another reason why um, I chose to have VSG. My surgeon said, you know, you probably have more success with R&Y. And I was already like kind of scared to do the whole thing to begin with, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, look, I said, if I can't squeeze every part out of out out of this out of this sleeve, I'm gonna squeeze it dry. I don't care what you tell me. <laughs> I am getting. I'm gonna do it. I'm doing it. I'm not rerouting anything. I'm not rewiring. Just it. just slip it out, and we'll deal deal, <laughs> deal with it after. Just slip it out. Just slide it out, and we'll zip it up, and we'll, we'll deal with it. So. Um, he, but so he, you know, he's like, well, the R and Y would be better. I'm like, I- I'm sure it would be. Um, I said, but you know what? I don't want to. I want to eventually have sugar in my life. I eventually want to have certain things that, yeah, you know, yep. I knew in the beginning that was not possible, but I knew eventually I'm going to want to have certain food, and I didn't want sure. to have my body respond negatively to a bad food choice or sugar right. or um i didn't want to p- be punished for physically punished for a choice that i made um sure. so that was a risk that i took by having mm-hmm. in the vsg because i did not want to have any dumping um mm-hmm. so even more the reason to get my act together and make sure that i have a good relationship with food because <laughs> that's right yeah have to. Yeah, have to. Have to. I agree. And and let me ask you this. Any advice that you have for someone that's maybe just kind of getting started with worth, you know, lifting, um, any advice on, you know, workouts or, or nutrition or anything like that? Um, nutrition, protein, focus, you know, focus on your protein first. Um, find a carb that you can tolerate, that you enjoy, mm-hmm. um, that you don't get freaked out over, that maybe you can... In- introduce slowly um and um you know keep your fat lower i mean not too low but you know yeah on the on the lower end when well, i'm not talking about a keto fat gram right. content that is not what that's not going to work um if you're going to increase your carbohydrates because they're going to start fighting with each other um 
And honestly, I would, if they want to start lifting, hire a personal trainer. Yeah. Hire somebody that knows what they're doing. Um, I would ask for, to see before and afters. I would ask to speak to previous clients to see how their experience was with you. I would ask, um, who is your most experienced with a larger person and who understand, uh, functional movements where they're not going to have, you know, someone who is clearly, you know, obese and has mobility issues already, um, jumping up and down when you shouldn't right. be doing that. Um, cause you can definitely hurt yourself. So someone yeah. who is mature in that, in that respect, and that will take mm-hmm. the time to really teach you, not just, not just throw a workout plan at you. Cause anyone can do that. Yes. You can go online and do that. Absolutely. Someone that shows you correctly how to move and how to do the movements safely Mm -hmm. safely is first and foremost understand how to move the weight and how much you lift will come in time but you want to establish good um form for in in the beginning because if you learn how to do something the wrong way in the beginning and you continue doing it the wrong way it's a really hard thing to undo um, yep. so that is really the number one is hire someone that knows what they're doing. Um, yeah. and if you can't hire somebody, then like physically, then reach out to like someone on here or, or a coach right. or to me, even my, you know, my husband helps, has helped a bunch of people in the community as well, but, oh, that's um, awesome. it's really, really important to do it. Yeah the right way. So you don't hurt yourself. No, I, t- I totally agree with you. Cause I mean, obviously if you're, if you get injured, you're not going to be doing anything. Right. So it's, it's good to have a good base, just yeah. like with nutrition, a good base and, 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 and just, building that over time. And honestly, just start like, if you, you want to lift, yeah, that's great. Just a walk. Like I'm seriously, yeah. just, just start walking yes. and keep a commitment to something not so grand as lifting weights and being all buff. Like if you can build the habit of keeping that commitment of walking, that's half the battle. Yeah, that's so true. Gosh, thank you so much. You had so many, such helpful advice that I think is so applicable to people in any phase of their journey after surgery. And I so appreciate that. Can you tell the audience where they can find more about you or can contact you if they have questions? Um, you can just DM me on uh, Instagram. So uh, Crunchy Sleever. And, um, we might be relaunching, um, some training and stuff next year. So you can keep a look out for that. You'll, I'll, I'll post that on my page. Um, we've, we, awesome. we have done before. It's just, um, you know, time and busy and we're, we, we have sure. stuff going on. So, but you could just reach out to, you know, crunch sleever on, um, the IG. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And I'll, I'll put your information um, in the show notes too. I'll, I'll put your Instagram handle that you, people can just click on mm-hmm. um, in the show notes for this episode. So thank you again so much. I appreciate your time and all your advice. It's so helpful. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Kim. And anytime, this is so much fun. I lo- and I love oh. you. And I'm so glad that you're in this space. You're so needed. Oh. And I just wish you all the best and to keep growing and getting that message out there. I'm so happy to have you here in, in this oh, space. I just love it. 
<laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and I was just going to tell everybody, if you want to watch this full episode, you can actually see it um, on my YouTube channel. There's a full recording video of our podcast. Um, it is on my YouTube channel at Active Bariatric Nutrition, and you can subscribe to it. That way you'll know when there's new videos and new podcast episodes. I typically do a podcast episode every Monday. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Active Bariatric, on TikTok and Facebook. And if you'd like to learn more about my one-to-one nutrition coaching services, just go to my website at www.activebariatricnutrition.com and schedule a discovery call so we can get to know each other a little bit better. Thank you so much for tuning in today, everybody. I really appreciate your time. And guess what? We'll do this again next week. Talk to you guys then. Take care, everybody.